So, folks, thank you for joining us again for our Sioux Nation podcast. We are here today with Dr. Evan. And Evan, why don't you start by telling me how to pronounce your last name right? Yeah, so it's uh, it's Van Busicum. Van Busicum. Yep. I knew I'd it. Van Butcher that if I tried to keep going on my own with that, as I usually do. And Evan and I have known each other for a little while here working at Sioux Nation. But Evan is a poultry veterinarian. Yeah. So uh, basically, I work with all manner of poultry, but I specialize in turkeys and pheasants. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a I know it's a pretty unique field. Not a lot of people realize that birds have their own uh, I should say poultry have their own veterinarian, um, but our job is to, you know, work with productivity and efficiency as well as overall health and, and welfare of, of the birds. Um, our goal is to have all the birds have just one bad day um, and that'd be the last day. <laughs> I love that. And I love that, especially when you're talking the difference between turkeys and pheasants It's two very different last days. So Yes, Definitely. Uh, you know, pheasants is more of a surprise, I'm guessing. <laughs> yep, yep, that's for sure. Well, it depends on how bad the shot is. Uh, that's that's true. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm obviously a veterinarian as well. And as being a veterinarian, we don't have a lot of poultry veterinarians. Right. I guess my first question, why? Uh, why why do we not have a lot? And then my follow-up would be, well, why, why did you want to go into poultry? Well, I guess the... The reason there aren't a lot of poultry veterinarians is probably because it's not a, a field that a lot of people know a lot about. So it's not at the forefront of their mind as an option. When I mean, I guess for me, when I was growing up, I didn't really think about poultry veterinarians being a, a job at all that I was going to be interested in. Uh, people had told me I should do it and rec- you know recommended that I, that I look into it. And at that point in time, most of the poultry veterinarian jobs that I knew about were diagnosticians or pathologists. They spent a lot of time uh, working with, you know, necropsies and, and looking at tissues. And that wasn't what I wanted. I, I wanted to be a veterinarian that worked more with people. And, um, and so I, I definitely shied away from it for a long period of time. Um, and then I think also that before um, the poultry industry became more consolidated and before that, before people really saw the value that a veterinarian could provide. There were a lot of different industry players that didn't really have one, or they only had one veterinarian on staff. So in the last decade, the number of jobs in the poultry industry has actually very much increased. There's openings in a lot of places for people with poultry experience, but just like any uh, job opportunity or, or I should say job market that expands rapidly, there's not the number of people with the experience yet to fulfill all the need. And so I tell a lot of young veterinarian hopefuls, I guess, candidates, uh, when I go to, you know, like Minnesota, if I go to give a guest lecture there about poultry, I talk to them about the opportunities in poultry medicine and, and to really look into that. And, um, but again, most people have never met a poultry veterinarian, so they don't think of it. They think of like their equine veterinarian or their mixed animal or dairy vet. And those are the role models they have. And so they just kind of tend to, to go that route. Uh, for me, I wanted to be a dairy veterinarian. I spent a lot of time working, uh, on dairy farms. I milk cows actually part-time or, you know, full-time, you know, since I was 11, it was 20 years. I was 31 when I stopped milking cows. And, uh, even though I was already a veterinarian, it was good side hustle. And, uh, and so I thought about being a dairy vet, when I went to a very progressive clinic in Texas, which I'm really grateful, I went to Circle H Animal Health down there with Angela and Scanlon Daniels. 
And um, I was grateful for that opportunity to experience what large dairy medicine was like, but it wasn't something that really got me excited. Um, it seemed like there were a lot of, but when dairies get that big, they become more of a um, business mind where every, you know, if you're five cents less on your palpation charge, you might lose that, you might get that account. And for me trying to be, you know, the kind of relationship I wanted to have with my clients, I didn't want to have to work through that. And I also felt like there was this artificial competition in dairy medicine, uh, as far as in vet school, where they'd only allow, like, you might want to go with a professor to a, a big dairy and they'd only take two out of the 10 of you that were dairy interested. And so you had to really vie for that spot, even though we could just take two vehicles. <laughs> so, so I went into pigs because they were much more welcoming and they, what really got me excited was population medicine. And so I did all my under my, I should say my DVM candidate research in swine medicine. I did a lot of work with um, welfare and necropsy and uh, euthanasia. And um, from there I went into the workforce and I always joke with my friends and family that I was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, I got interviewed. I interviewed at a, over a half a dozen places and some places flew me out to, for, I was like their one of two or one of three people. They flew out to, to a company to interview and I was always their second pick. And uh, I actually got a, um, I got a job offer from a really, a company I was super excited about. But when I went down to sign paperwork, um, that was the same day that there was uh, a recrudescence of swine flu fear in the media and pigs dropped in price and corn was still rising. And they just said this wasn't the time they could hire uh, anyone. And I had a standing offer from a poultry company uh, and I took a job with them and I haven't looked back since. I got recruited by that same company about two years into my poultry career. Um, and, but at that point I just, I was already kind of, I felt like too far down the rabbit hole, if you will. I liked what I was doing well enough and I just stuck with it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a happenstance. I did grow up, up with poultry, um, started hatching birds when I was five with my dad. He was very passionate about birds, still is. He still has, my dad still has a, a small group of call ducks and a couple pheasants he keeps around just for, you know, I don't know, old man, you know, hobby. But, uh, so he does, he still does that, but I grew up, you know, showing and raising purebred poultry and, and, uh, was really passionate about it growing up. And, um, so I have a lot of the background with some of the other minor species. So when people make, you know, have questions about ducks or geese, I can answer them. Not because I went to vet school and there was a huge course on waterfowl, but because I've been breeding poultry for 20 years. And so, so yeah, so that's kind of how I fell into it and I'm still here, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and that background obviously plays so much in to a little bit what you do today with Sioux Nation because you, it is a bit of an eclectic role, would you say? Yeah, I, I'd say it's, it's a little bit of a, a piecemeal option. Yeah. Like the, the things that we offer at Sioux Nation, we do vet care. So you can contract for vet care or you can just call if you have a problem and you, without a contract, of course, you just pay an hourly rate. Um, we do, we do self feed. That's our main focus. We, we actually have veterinarians, uh, nutritionists and tech support people on staff to support the feed business. So it's, we're kind of, I like to tell people we're the carrot. So if you, if you buy the product, you get all the perks and we're the perks. You can pay for the perks, but it's much more expensive than just using the feed. And we also distribute products and, and, uh, give people good recommendations 
the best we can on what products to use for what problems they're encountering. In addition to that, you know, in addition to just being the vet, a vet, veterinarian, we also look at, um, we have a magazine that we write articles for and we get people to submit other articles for that to try to be an educating force in the industry. You know, we do a little bit of work with outreach for schools. So all of FFA advisors call and say, Hey, can you talk to our FFA class of being a vet or, or being a poultry industry professional, or we do some guest lectures, or sometimes we teach a class for a university. And it's just, it's kind of like this grab bag of interesting things we get to do. One thing I'd like to explore a little bit is when we talk about filling this niche, this niche is a poultry vet for Sioux Nation. There's not a lot of people that are doing this. Like you said before, there's not a lot of people going into the field. Yep. But why is this developing more as opposed to w- the way things were before, you know, in addition? Because consolidation isn't necessarily going away, yet right. here we are with a growing need. What would be some of the reasons for that? Well, I think let's say there's three reasons I would I would kind of dwell on why the need for poultry veterinarians is expanding. I would say the first is that there are a number of feed and antibiotic mandates or laws that we have to comply with. And a lot of that has to do with using veterinarian professionals as the gatekeepers for what drugs we're able to use and in what combination for what diseases. And so people who didn't use a veterinarian before because there weren't these laws in place now are required to use one. And so there's that need. Uh, there's also the growing idea, and I should say just the realization that veterinarians provide a level of expertise that is useful. You can actually make more money with a veterinarian, helping guide some production decisions as you know, provided they have the experience in that area. You'd make more money that way, having the vet than not having them. And then the last is that there's a lot of tech service jobs. So different companies of like probiotics, prebiotics, different disinfectants, they want to have a veterinarian on staff to talk to the veterinarians in the field about the knowledge they have to share. So if you have a technical person meeting and talking technically with another technical person, the chances of you making that sale are tend to be greater because you already have some of the scientific answers out there. I would say that the different species have a different level of scientific requirements for making a change. And I would say poultry is the most stringent, if you will, on actually having science to back up any new product or new function, because we're literally touching millions of birds a year with these products or with this new production system. And so the profit margins are always low in poultry and you can't afford to try something or put all your eggs in one basket to, you know, kind of use a poultry analogy, but you need to be on the forefront if you want to keep being competitive. And, you know, from there it goes to pigs. I mean, another thing, another species that has large numbers, probably dairy after that. And then after that, it goes to beef. I mean, when you have so many different variables as well in the, in the different production systems, it's harder to make a general recommendation, but with more consolidation and, and more, um, uniformity in production styles it's, and systems, it's easier to kind of say, hey, this product will work this way all the time. And so having a veterinarian on staff to say, hey, this is, this is if, if I, when I was in the field, this is what you needed to have, the information, the um, you know, return on investment, your actual increase in performance or decrease in disease, these are things that need to be you know, s- significant. And, um, 
and having a technical person to go through that is is helpful. And so those are, I would say, the fastest growing areas in the poultry industry would be th- those jobs are going to be like tech service jobs or distribution jobs, you know, so distribution company jobs, I should say, where, you know, you might work for a large distribution company and your job is to make sure that the everyone who's buying an antibiotic has a vet on you know, a vet on retainer or have has a valid vet client relationship. And that might be with you as the distribution company veterinarian, but that's your gig. Tell you what, thank you very much for coming in today and kind of enlightening us all on a really big part of agriculture that is involves millions and millions of pounds of meat products that a lot of us aren't very involved in. So I really appreciate your taking your time to come in over today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it myself. It's a topic we don't really talk a lot about, but like you said, it's a large component of agriculture and we're passionate about it at Nation. Absolutely, absolutely. And I really appreciate the eggs in one basket pun. Extra 10 points on that one. Yeah, thanks, Jake. All right. Well, folks, thank you for coming in and listening with us today on the Nation podcast. And you all take care now.